Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture Here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on wrestle culture as i said though joined by michael hamper and sir we are gathered here to we are socially distanced here today to talk about what is next in wwe after wrestlemania we are a week removed after wrestlemania 37 although i will say we are recording this before smackdown so we're mainly probably going to focus on more raw related things because well anything can happen happen on an episode of friday night smackdown but looking back WrestleMania 37 is is a hell of a weekend. Yeah, um, it felt like a special occasion. WWE were big on the uh, one year, one month, one day thing since they'd last been able to run a live show. So it worked out perfect for them that they got to do it on the Saturday, just in time for that. But ultimately, that kind of neat branding of the comeback was what a lot of branding is, which is a facade. It wasn't the comeback. Oh, I wish it was the comeback but it wasn't it was two like pretty unique and kind of awesome in their own way nights uh that foreshadowed the comeback but didn't actually provide it we're in raw uh we're in the thunderdome for raw on monday and the stage had moved around a little bit and the commentary team had changed everything else was raw everything <laughs> was still if anything, it was too raw. Like it was too much like a familiar raw than remotely like a new one. Um so yeah whilst obviously we're going to talk about what's next for WWE and what's next, you know, in the company, it feels like we saw what's next and yet we're still tantalizingly close to it rather than in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's always so surreal the, the time after WrestleMania because it's the biggest show of the year. And we've talked about this before. And yes, there's always a lull after that. But you do you don't have to just acknowledge it so much and be like, right, well, that's all the fun over then. Um so <laughs> yeah. did you not see that you can't in good faith say they've not tried to address the lull this year, Will Bond. The lull doesn't start until the month after next because we're it's WrestleMania isn't finished. We can't have a post-WrestleMania lull if we're having WrestleMania backlash. 
on. Like, and then what about WrestleMania money in the bank? Like the post WrestleMania season doesn't officially start till WrestleMania payback has finished. So, and by then we're in the SummerSlam. So, come on. It can't be a lull if we're still in this. Like this is still wrestle. Like I mean, and it is for us. Literally, still WrestleMania week. We've been going since last Tuesday. But like, <laughs> far as WWE concerned, it's WrestleMania week until August. Sweet Jesus. Uh, who Who are some of your uh, wrestlers to watch after WrestleMania? Then uh, who Who are you hoping for, and are you, who are you expecting to to get a push? Save for for one we're going to talk about at the end. Well, the first. It's, I guess it's sort of cheating slightly here. The first two wrestlers I thought about when you posed that question ahead of us doing this podcast were um, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Mm. And not because I'm wondering who's going to get a push and who might be the sudden breakout star, but for the pressure on WWE not to ruin their pushes and ruin them as breakout stars. Getting the belts is only half the battle in WWE now. It's how you're booked as a champion. It's how you're able to... Um, maintain the aura that has got you there in the first place through WWE's booking of its champions, especially uh, baby faces as well. Both of these, is Rhea Ripley baby face? I honestly don't know. Bianca Belair is definitely a baby face and WWE find it really, really hard to keep their audience connected to baby faces emotionally and earnestly. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a huge few months for those two. Um, I would expect them both to have decent sized reigns. I think it mm. undermines both if you were to lose the title so quick after winning it on such a big stage. And in Rhea Ripley's case, we kind of already got to see what happens when booking is negligent with her after losing a title. Mm. She had a year that none of us would have predicted coming out the end of 2019 in 2020. Um, she can't have that again. She simply, even at 24, she simply cannot afford it um, to be a champion and then to come out of the year feeling like a loser and feeling like somebody that we shouldn't really care about. Bianca Belair, Similarly, has now won the title. The journey's been relatively quick. It wasn't fabulously well booked, but they got to the destination in the end. And it's how now the WWE make it count, make all this, make the immense buzz around the match with Sasha Banks at WrestleMania, not around the story on the way to WrestleMania, but certainly around that main event. Already feels like one of the greatest WrestleMania main events of all time. It's how do you make that count? My gut feeling is, as we are recording this before SmackDown, is that she fights Sasha again at WrestleMania Backlash, mm-hmm. which is okay, I guess. She probably goes over her again. Um, and it's after that. It's the uh, We talk about post-WrestleMania lulls. It's going to be a post-Sasha Banks lull for Bianca mm-hmm. Belair. Who is going to be... You remember when somebody had to be Sasha's first opponent after Bailey? Remember when Carmella attacked Sasha on the ramp after the Bailey feud? And we were like, right, here we go then. Let's see how this goes. And Sasha Banks was so brilliant that that feud turned out pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah. Like Carmella's come back went down pretty well because those matches were so awesome. Bianca Belair in the spot as champion, new to the role as she may be, has kind of got to do that after mm. she's finished Sasha Banks. So I think for both those champions, I'm almost more interested to see how they consolidate a push as they do introduce one. Mm. And we'll talk a little bit more about Rhea Ripley once we get onto, uh, onto Charlotte Flair returning, of course, on Raw this week. Mm. <clears throat> it's fascinating, like you say, because... There's sort of this unwritten rule and it's acknowledged by all WWE fans, whether consciously or unconsciously, that, you know, a big, big WrestleMania win like Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair uh, and a sort of changing of the guard almost signifies that, yeah, they'll probably hold that title until, let's just say, SummerSlam at the, the very earliest, barring some mad money in the bank mm. cash-in or something like that. So like you say, it's about presenting someone as a legitimate challenger, but also 
it being the case that yeah, they probably are not going to trouble them in terms of actually challenging for the title and making sure that you make maybe make people nibble on a two count or whatever it may be, but yeah, we still want to make it potentially entertaining and on the road to the next few pay-per-views and stuff. Really intrigued to see what they do next with someone like Damian Priest. We've obviously got a hell of a rub. I mean, just standing in the corner effectively for, for Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Yes, he came and do some big moves, but it was the antithesis of a usual celebrity match at WrestleMania. Obviously, he got 50-50 a bit on Raw after that, but you sense he's probably going to murder Miz and Morrison off the back of it. And uh, interesting to see where it goes next. Damien Priest, yes, interesting. I mean, it's good that WWE are finally listening to audiences and pushing young talent. Um, <laughs> all, you know, Damien Priest is always the stick that gets beaten here. It's not fair on him. Uh, he's TV young. His character is three months old. It doesn't matter that he's 38, whatever he is. Damien Priest's character is th- three months old in WWE main roster terms. Uh, and I think, based on WrestleMania, if nothing else, because it's all been Thunderdome-based, I get the impression that internally they're keen on him. Um, he didn't do much in the WrestleMania match. <laughs> he wasn't positioned to do much, but he was given the spot in the first place. That tells me that they see something in him. Based on his age, they should probably get around to giving him it if there is mm-hmm. something in him. Um, I think what we saw on Raw, that 50-50, that 50-50 in was all to do with just um, giving The Miz and John Morrison their quote-unquote heat back so that we can do a WrestleMania backlash match between mm. one or both of them. Perhaps Damian Priest will beat, will beat John Morrison when The Miz doesn't help him because it seems yeah. to me that they were teasing a Miz and Morrison split. So if anything, if anything, Priest gets to be a conduit for their split and then he goes on to something of significance. Looking at the shape of the cards at the moment, it's probably going to be a US Championship, isn't it? It's probably going to be that belt as a bit of a placeholder. They want to test him in mid-card matches. They want to see what he's got to offer in-ring and then judge where he's at progress-wise probably around January. Mm. Not a bad path. Not a bad path for him, really, to be a potential favourite or a not a favourite, but a dark horse for the next Royal Rumble. That's probably where you want to be coming out of WrestleMania. So I, I can't see them burying him, but they cannot do what they did to him with that Elias match earlier this year. They can't expose him. They've got no. to extenuate the positives, which are that he's very, like, he's got a certain charisma, he's got a great look, and he can set fire to his name on screens. So you've got <laughs> to push that sort of stuff rather than the 20 rather than the 20-minute matches. I don't think that's what people want to see out of Damien Priest. Yeah, crowning him, like you say, potentially United States champion or something like uh, a SummerSlam over Sheamus in a bit of a war, I think could be great. Mm. Um, and ultimately, as little as mid-card titles mean now, that's what they're for. And I got a bit jazzed. You mentioned Miz and Morrison there. I got a bit jazzed about the potential of Morrison breaking off from that group, even if it is going to involve a, a, a feud between the two of them. Because I've, I've always been a big fan of his. And I'm not suggesting that he needs to be elevated into the world title picture, but give him bloody something. Like you say, he just finally he seems to be coming to the realisation that coming back and uh, and slotting back in into a tag team he was in years and years and years ago maybe hasn't been that beneficial for him. Uh, and yeah, give him a bit of a... Because he can do ridiculous things. And he's, you know, he, as always, he's more entertaining, far more entertaining and, and likeable often as a as a heel when he's sat there going, I'm John Morrison, my head's so big because it contains a load of secrets or whatever it may be. That's always far more entertaining <laughs> than if you tried to script, script him as a baby face. So I'm excited to see what they do next with him. Uh, like you say, we're recording this before SmackDown, so we don't really know what happens next. But someone who needs to be one to watch across WWE is Bailey. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, I'm still kind of coming to terms with WrestleMania, I think. Um, for all, she was great in all the segments that they used her in, so you can only do your best with what you're given. She was given so little. She was given so frustratingly little. I don't know if WWE were aware that there was a certain pulse about the Bella Twins returning, and people, and they thought earnestly, well, we're going to give them the visual of Nikki Bella versus Bailey. That's interesting. That's quite fresh, actually. So let's show them that. But the way that played out on night two was kind of a disaster for that character. People had immediately, it, you could feel the buzz in the air. It's Becky Lynch. It's, it's Becky Lynch. That's why Bailey's been bothering everybody all weekend. It's Becky Lynch. The Bellas was like letting the air out of that particular balloon. And I just think, in general, Bailey being the odd woman out over this WrestleMania was, I don't think it was like the fault of anybody in particular, but the faults lie at the feet of those who scripted those WrestleMania segments. Mm. It was, she deserved more than what she got on the night, even if she was not destined to maybe have a storyline or a match. I don't know what comes next. She's such, um, what she has done, and I love this about her, and I think she was always destined to become one of these wrestlers, is I think she's entering the bulletproof realm um, and what a realm that is in WWE, where there's no one bad match or no one bad angle that can destroy your entire career. You're barely so awesome in the ring, and that's never been in doubt. But you're one half-decent angle from turning your entire career around. Mm. So I certainly foresee Bailey being a major challenger to Bianca Belair. And ideally, like quite a big barrier for Bianca Belair to leap over. Somebody that she's got to beat to sort of prove herself to SmackDown Women's Champion. That belt holds so much association with Bailey that Bianca Belair beating her kind of gloms some of that, you know, prestige for herself. Um, in terms of other angles, it very much depends on how asked WWE are about booking women's divisions. They book mm-hmm. contenders for belts. They, do, they book contenders for belts. And they don't tell any other stories. And the few times they do, they're all absolutely awful and reductive. <laughs> so ba- genuinely, Bailey is best served wearing those turtlenecks and doing ding-dong hello segments until they come up with something good for her. Yeah, She'll I stay think- over. I think you're right. I think in terms of, you know, we always long-term book WWE, even if they don't. And I think now you sit here and you go, right, well, SummerSlam weekend, I want to see Bailey versus uh, Bianca Belair. And I want to see Rhea Ripley one-on-one versus versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, and um, if you're thinking there's one big name we've forgotten to mention so far, we will get to him. And also, naturally, Big Geordie is one to watch because it's a weekend he had. But let's talk a little bit more about Charlotte Flair. She returned. She's a heel. She's in the perfect position. It might have been a bit bollocks to have the screwy finish to the women's title match. But, I mean, I always say this and I always take it with a pinch of Vince. They can't screw it up from here. It's so obvious. At WrestleMania Backlash, you have a triple threat. And then... Going forward, as I said, you have Rhea versus Charlotte one-on-one when Rhea retains a title by pinning Asuka because Charlotte can always sit there and say, never pin me. And let's not forget what happened at last WrestleMania between the two of them. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Flair's Raw return was multifariously awesome because like, I thought a promo was really, really good and I was more than tolerant of that women's title match being like cheaply concluded because I thought her attack was brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. But as much as that, it just erased everything she'd done since the December comeback because most of that was bad. Yeah. Um, we'd kind of documented on the weekly Raw review and I guess on the pay-per-views as well that she hadn't really yet had a, a Charlotte Flair match. She hadn't yet had a Bell to Bell, had 10, 15 minutes that just made you glad that she was back. It was impossible to work out who she was as a character, heel or babyface. You couldn't figure out her motivations. She was trapped in, admittedly, a bit of a dead-end feud with Lacey Evans' 
like shagging a dad. So it's just <laughs> this promo was so vital in effectively just washing away the sins of those few months. Yeah, this was a this was a proper this in a way felt more like a return a, a night after WrestleMania return from somebody that's been gone about a year mm. because you just didn't want to think about what you'd seen her wasting her time doing. Hopefully that uh, her in ring form recovers. My hopes are high based on the attack because I just thought it was so full of piss and vinegar. She just looked really in the mood to batter the pair of them. Um, you, you're probably right in your in your roadmap. It's Asuka that gets to suffer, but somebody always does. Um, for the benefit of Rhea Ripley, you can get to the show, at least maybe even two shows after WrestleMania Backlash with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And that's at least three or four months of Charlotte Flair having purpose again. It's also mm. okay for Charlotte to not win the women's title back in her first attempt because we're left to assume probably that the money in the bank briefcase is going to be up for grabs yeah and people would dread charlotte having the briefcase and i think that's something to tease i think that's something to possibly put across so i think ultimately i think charlotte will be fine because she's talked herself back into being fine things were looking rough and over the course of one night i think she's got everything back on track yeah, me and Nicholas were talking earlier on in the week uh, regarding Money in the Bank, and it's so exciting for, for possible permutations, both men's and women's. And like you say, with, with Charlotte potentially being involved with that, maybe even winning that. I mean, it's a, probably a podcast, maybe even for next week, we sit down and, and discuss early contenders for it, whilst we still can fantasy book something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can protect Asuka. I think you, you, she gets hit with like natural selection and then Rhea gets rid of Charlotte, and then Rhea hits Asuka with a riptide. She's kind of protects, and then I want Asuka to kind of go away so I can miss her, and she can return to I don't know SmackDown on the on the uh, on the, the the SmackDown after SummerSlam or something like that. But yeah, I think I think fans may not like it, but Charlotte Flair needs to be perennially in and around that title picture, and it's really easy. You just book her in a feud to head with Rhea Ripley eventually to, to SummerSlam and, 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 you know, maybe Rhea has a one or two title defenses that don't involve Charlotte in amongst that. And then have us have any other feud that doesn't revolve around a, a title or B someone shagging a relative of hers. <laughs> well, this is it. She could only work with what she was given and what she mm. was given was dross. So yeah, if like, if given better material and back wrestling to the standard of which we kind of have come to expect from her and indeed the standard she's going to talk up, I think she'll be fine. She like, it's funny. We're sitting here. Oh no, what's going to happen to Charlotte Flair? Most corners of the internet would say, I hope nothing happened to Charlotte Flair. I hate her. And I think they're still being worked. I think this one of the, yeah. one of the reasons beyond her being a flair that she's uh, still a Vince McMahon pet project or a company pet project. Is typically she backs it up. Exactly. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, let's talk about other people who could be in and around that title picture uh, then on, on Monday Night Raw, one of whom is spooky Alexa Bliss. Um, I, I, it was infuriating reporting this news earlier on this week that that they were going to have the Fiend Bray Wyatt defeat Randy Orton and then Vince woke up and Bruce Pritchard said, hey, yeah, I agree. Let's just yeah, have Alexa have Randy Orton in 10 minutes or whatever it may be. Um, and now they've got no direction for, I mean, Orton's in and around the title picture as always, but no direction for the Fiend, no direction for Alexa Bliss, despite all that. She's just on her own with a new doll called Lily. What's next for her? Because I feel like I do like the story of Rhea Ripley just no-selling all the spooky bollocks from Alexa Bliss, possibly in a title feud. You say no story, Wilbon. And I respond with two fiends, Lily and just one night. Every week, every week on Monday Night Raw, the pair of them, like one segment each time off both of these two clowns and that stupid doll and the no longer important Firefly Funhouse. Um, they make it up as they go along with this. Like <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they've done with these characters pretty much since the beginning. Um, I will say that Alexa Bliss getting back into the swing of things as a wrestler, net positive. Um, one of the things that we've probably not really touched upon because it's been too f- funny analysing it is that she's been a loss to the women's division in yes. this gimmick. Um, her and Nikki Cross were a pretty great tag team in a reasonable tag team division. Alexa Bliss is a single star, is a, is a proven star, capital S. And instead, like all of that has circled the drain of the fiends. Um, and we've had this for several months now. If this is a sideways move back to the women's division as like a fiend version of herself, it's going to be stupid. It's going to be daft. It will absolutely take down some of her colleagues, but we might get more of like the the kind of, might get more of an Alexa Bliss that has a chance of getting back over as a wrestler. Mm. Assuming that that's what she wants to do. I can only assume that while still working for World Wrestling Entertainment, she wants to be a pro wrestler and be a champion and this Mm -hmm. might get her back into it. Yeah, no selling it. The champions no selling it is a real tricky one because I think we've seen what happens when the champions no uh, sell the danger of the fiend, the fear of the fiend. What I don't want is Rhea Ripley being like Seth Rollins and cowering in the corner. Hmm. Um, I, I would like to see 
Alexa somehow parlay what she does in that on that swing set with the doll into being competitive in the in matches. Mm. I would like to see. I don't need a lot more magic, and I dare say the further we move away from the Thunderdome and back to reality, they'll do away with that because you just can't produce it on that scale uh, in front of a live crowd. There's going to be vignettes. There's always going to be black goo vignettes. They love the black goo. Um, but in terms of the matches, we're going to start getting 10-minute Alexa Bliss matches again. That, that's the that's like the most positive prediction I can give for having like two fiends are wrestling together. They're on Raw. Um, it's like it's you just got to sing your way through it until it's all over, mate. That's all it is. Um, as for Bray, I, I don't care. Um, I, call me call me Vince McMahon because I woke up on Sunday and didn't give a sh- about Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I think it's tough this because there's such a there's a public support for for these characters. For me, I'd have Alexa Bliss built up to be one of the challenges for Rhea Ripley in amongst the build to to Charlotte and Rhea. Maybe like Money in the Bank. If you want to do a Money in the Bank, for example, uh, between the two of them, have her doing all the spooky bollocks. But as Rhea Ripley did at the Royal Rumble, have Rhea Ripley be like, "Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really care." <laughs> Dad, really don't care. I'd keep your head in. I don't really mind. And then, how about we just Alexa, let Alexa Bliss be? Hey, Alexa Bliss. So she loses. The lights go out. Lights come back up, or whatever. And she's just there in her gear. And it's like the spooky spirits have left her because she couldn't get the job done on them. On the... <laughs> I don't know. Just, just move on. What Alexa that. off? What was it? What's that even doing? It just stopped. Oh my God, the spooky box just started my hand tablet. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. What people can't see. Well, what did it play? Did it play like a song know. called, did it play like a song called Spooky Spirits of Left or something? <laughs> oh, oh, maybe it is a good gimmick actually now. I've just kind of been sold on this. I've just seen, I've just seen Adam Wilborn spooked by the fiend. And what's great is, for those obviously because people can't see this they can only hear it Wilborn is recording in a room with a lovely powder blue paint job not unlike the firefly fun <laughs> oh no what's that picture on the wall is it one from your wedding day or is it seth rollins with his eyes scraped out i'll try and salvage this in terms of the theme, <laughs> he's being reborn blah 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 the fiend's coming back let's <laughs> just God. He's got a new mask. It's got a nose. <laughs> Go on, Reddit. Hit me up with the story of that nose. <laughs> because, because Fiend's mind has done a pretty good job on Twitter with it. And I'm starting to lean in the direction of that narrative, which I cannot repeat on this podcast. Look, what is the traditional tagline for SummerSlam, Michael Hamlet? Uh, The biggest party of the summer. And what's the best kind of party? It's a house party. It's a Five Life Fun House party. Let's just right all the wrongs. Let's just have him face Randy Orton one more time and do, <laughs> do all the stuff that they should have done at WrestleMania. That's the only way to salvage it in my book. But poor bastard Bray's going to try his best with whatever dross they give him, I have no doubt. Um, interesting thing, talking, talking about these future pay-per-views and stuff. When do you reckon fans are going to return? You know, not necessarily for, for weekly TV, but I mean, uh, the the the, the vague I'm amount. Laughing, I, sorry, Wilbon. I feel like we've done all these hundreds of podcasts, and you've just been waiting to ask the question. Hamlet, when's the pandemic over? <laughs> <Yeah>. like, 
We've, we've gone on. We've delayed this long enough since last March. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my verdict. Tune into this podcast. I'll give everybody a deadline that they can come for me with the pitchforks if it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm the the vague thing I know is that they've gone pretty bonkers vaccinations wise in America, and also half mm. of them don't give a toss either. So mm. <laughs> with those two things combined. <laughs> Like, what do you reckon? Money in the bank? That's like late June. I feel like, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard them talk about like July, you know, 4th of July barbecues being back on. If that's the case, I don't, I, I just, it was just so depressing going, oh, wonder what, what's next? Wait, they're actually calling it WrestleMania backlash. I'll just double check on Wikipedia and then it's already there with attendance zero. And I was like, oh no. Like, right, what do you reckon? Money in the bank, SummerSlam? It's not, you know, going to be announced officially anytime soon, but we can speculate. SummerSlam feels good, you know. Um, I can only base this on our own personal government restrictions, and I want to be scraping myself up off a nightclub floor on June 21st, and I've got the first gig I've got tickets for rearranged for August. So I'm kind of banking on both of those things. Yeah. It's pretty much keep my mental health together at this point. So using that um like basis for comparison and as the point you've made about the people either getting vaccinated or simply insanely laughing in the face of a vaccination in general the same time period i guess sometime between june and august looks like a sweet spot and if you really can't get um if you really can't get people in a building at say like 75 percent capacity for money in the bank you almost certainly will be able to for SummerSlam. i would think yeah um i would be in favor of another football stadium scaled down personally i think it, you could run you could have money in the bank and the roars and smackdowns around that time as the last thunderdome shows let's say and then you kind of replicate what the what they did with wrestlemania at summerslam find a football stadium half three quarter fill it we had more than enough atmosphere at wrestlemania to replicate the feeling of a real show absolutely more than enough it was it was you know with those lights down it might as well have been full and we got the noise, we got the we got the ambience that you'd want for a live wrestling show again. SummerSlam being an actual kickoff to back to normal would be almost as good a branding as WrestleMania's back in business. You know, yeah. they could almost they could sell it as a <laughs> I was gonna say they could sec- sell it as a second WrestleMania, but they're doing that with backlash. Um, but they could call it, you know, they could say SummerSlam is the biggest party of the summer, and then they could say something like, let's get like real life party started. And then every like the raw. Imagine the raw after SummerSlam being in a venue and that venue being full of people. Oh, just I don't know why my brain is fried after thirty years of watching this that I tie everything to big wrestling pay per views. So that makes more of a logical sense to me than the Money in the Bank show because it's like, why would you end the pandemic on a B show? That's just <laughs> logical. Right. One final question to uh, to ask you about Hamlet, and it's the question everyone is speculating on, and, and it may well have been answered already, depending on what happened on SmackDown. Mm. But one of the biggest names we talked about wants to watch after WrestleMania and wants to, to, you know, get a big, in the words of Andy Murray, push after WrestleMania is Cesaro. Is this the time he finally gets a push for you? Uh, Let me just get in my time machine a second. Adam Wilborn, 2014. Is this the time Cesaro finally gets a push? (laughs) Adam Wilborn, 2015. Is this the time Cesaro finally gets a push? Over and over and over again. Oh God, I've crashed the time machine. Um, the thing is, if you had but, a time machine, you did that. You'd be like, oh, bollocks, lies. It's not. It's not work because they're asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's still 2014. It's 2021. Why is everyone inside? 
<laughs> you build a time machine with legs, and Cesaro would just look at it and swing it into space. <laughs> like he's sick of the question as well. Um, I, WrestleMania was so good, man. Like it almost makes me feel a bit sick that we're recording. Like normally when we do these little pre-Smackdown records, it's all a bit of fun because nothing that we talk about or nothing that we can say. Like it's all it's always that sort of one day later spongebob <laughs> spongebob title card where nothing we can say could possibly be impacted by the events of smackdown <laughs> and then all of a sudden like Seth's beaten clean or something and all that's gone it's I just gone when we were recording our uh our wrestlemania night two preview last week and we were like what a night one and i was sat there on night one going is there going to be a night one <laughs> <It was the laughs> yeah. imagine putting and they're like, can't, hey, Wilborn, I cannot believe thee. And then we have to do an insert the next day. Weather delay. <laughs> Could you? <laughs> I was shocked as well. Yeah, like pending any weather delays or <laughs> Vince McMahon remembering who he is, I'd love to see this be Cesaro's year. That was a hell of a commitment to him at WrestleMania. It wasn't just getting the match, which I thought was going to be the, I thought that was going to be the extent of the commitment. Zara, yeah, well done. You get your there. You go. Have your stinking little match for your stinking little fans. I'm putting the guy over that nobody likes, but they didn't. The match was awesome. Seth mm. gave him everything. Yes, like the cons- the construction of it was designed to just make him as big a star as possible. Cesaro, and this is really important because some of Cesaro's, I don't want to say failings because the man doesn't fail, but some of the reasons why he's not excelled as mm. people want him to are a, are a little bit whisper it. They're a little bit down to some of his like shortcomings as a performer he hmm. sometimes doesn't have that like i love cesaro but and i pick him he'd be one of like my first names on a, on a roster but sometimes i can see why he's not wwe's flavor of headliner i got that on sunday he looked so emotional in the moment he looked like he needed the win and when he got the win he looked like he needed the next one even more hmm. and that's that's what's going to hook you like the, the freakish strength the amazing athletic ability all that sort of stuff will go so far, but it's connecting. And I feel like, again, so hard to gauge in the in the Thunderdome area because, of course, the WrestleMania crowd are going to go ballistic for him. I felt the connection on uh, Saturday, was it? Sunday? Whichever night yeah, it was, Saturday. Saturday. I felt the connection, and I'd really like them to extend that on SmackDown and not have him... Again, we go back to Money in the Bank shouts. He's up there, isn't he? Oh. See, I was fantasy booking him Cesaro swinging Paul Heyman and then facing Roman Reigns with oh. money in the bank. But also great, yeah. Also yeah. really, really great. Yeah, I just think like the thing is, this isn't WWE fans saying put the world title on Daniel Bryan. This is just WWE fans saying give him a world title match. We all know he's not going to beat Roman Reigns. We just mm. want to have that thing to say. Oh, look, there we go. And I'm sure Roman sat there going, "I'll face him." A piece of piss working with Cesaro. All guarantee, all but guarantees a great match. It just like if this is the lull, if this is the bit where WWE goes, let's pump the brakes a little bit, and Vince is as asked as the casual fans about wrestling in the interim. Why don't you have all the banger matches now? Then, like the matches that <laughs> you don't think are going to be, you know, I'm sure his plan is is actually bloody. Big Jord versus Roman at next year's WrestleMania. So whilst your fantasy, you know, knocking yourself off to that, why don't we just have to start <laughs> Roman Reigns in the interim, you old bastard? Just a thought. I've got a bit emotional about this one. And I know, like you say now, we're going to watch SmackDown. They'll be like, what a night it was for Cesaro. But unfortunately tonight, Murphy got the better of him. It's just going <laughs> to be like that. 
But if that hasn't happened, please God, then maybe, yeah, maybe this is the year, Michael Hamlet. I love this, man. I love that, like, we've talked about Cesaro getting well handled and Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley not being bungled now that they've won the belts. Put this side by side with, uh, like, the 2022 What's Next in WWE after WrestleMania podcast <laughs> where you're asking me, where you're saying to me, so Hamlet, three fiends, how did we get here? <laughs> the big match for, for Ren the WrestleMania after that. It's Lily versus Abby the Witch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, I did not. Wyatt's <laughs> in a shark cage, and the finish is just that the cage falls over, and he gets pinned somehow. <laughs> Somehow the shark cage fills with goo. That's not even possible. But just and you know, like the Saudi shows with all the fancy chairs on the front. There's just one of them, and that's the bloke going to the goo factory and bloody full of. Thanks, guys. Right, we we joke, we joke. Um, Rock Austin, what had a WrestleMania trilogy? Orton and Bray got to go one more time, brother. <laughs> Got to like Orton beat him in nine, beat him in six. He's got to beat him in three. Got to complete the trilogy. <laughs> uh, no, no, they, they, they like to toy with people too much. They're going to have Bray Wyatt win money in the bank and then he goes to cash in. But inside the briefcase, it's just goo. It's just goo <laughs> in the briefcase. <laughs> Look it up in your goon tract. Goonie in the bank. <laughs> Oh, God, it's been a long old week, hasn't it? Anyway, uh, let us know your thoughts on what's next in WWE after WrestleMania on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why is that? You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, of course. Uh, oh, it's been It's been a hell of a two weeks basically but thanks to all of you uh for for supporting us for enjoying the enjoying the podcast and subscribing to us on youtube of course hitting two million subscribers is incredible but we would not have been able to do it without you guys but wrestlemania week is finally over now we're just back to the madness of non-stop wrestling week in and week out across the board but for now this has been get the table my thanks to michael hamlet thank you for joining us and we will see you soon Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.